6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. You know, the pandemic and what um, the world, the country, the province has gone through over the past 20 months. Uh, one of the things that is being discussed, but I think has been a little lost in the pandemic and what we've been dealing with over the past almost two years is another crisis and that is the opioid crisis in this country in this province right now alberta my friends alberta is on track to see its deadliest year for opioid deaths ever the latest numbers that were released by the province on friday show that on average four people a day die from overdoses across Alberta. The numbers have been on the rise since May of 2020. Uh, That's when overdose deaths jumped about 45%. Since then, more than 100 people have died each month, and and it's happening right across the province in big communities, in small communities. Uh, When you take a look at the latest numbers, the city of Edmonton continues to see the highest number of drug poisoning deaths with 59 reported in August. So just recently they put out the August numbers. In Calgary in August there were 35 deaths. A total of 378 Edmontonians have died so far this year from drug poisoning and 352 of those specifically specifically from an opioid. 330 Calgarians have also died including 296 from an opioid poisoning. Dr. Janetta Salvalaggio is the co-chair of Edmonton's Opioid Poisoning Committee. She joins us this afternoon. Doctor, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. Hello. Now, boy, oh boy, these numbers um, continue to be alarming. And, 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 and I'm wondering if they're alarming to as many people as they should be, uh, Janetta. I, I, I sometimes I wonder if people think, hey, you know, it's, it's, it's not my world, it's not gonna happen to me, it's not gonna happen to my family, when the reality is that it's happening to uh, people from all backgrounds, from all um, economic backgrounds, from all ethnicities, right across this province. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think it, 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 it should be very close to home and I, I think, one of the things we, we certainly see in the data that we'd like to highlight is, I mean, we're, it's, it's all ages, it's certainly all genders. We have these ideas about who it affects, um, but, you know, it, it's, hitting all, it's hitting so many of our neighborhoods. It's, it's hitting smaller centers. Um, yeah, and I mean, it, certainly some communities are impacted more than others, for sure. But, um, but, but it, there's no such thing as an area... Um, uh, in our, in our community that isn't affected one way or another. Doctor, is there one thing that can be pinpointed as the root cause of this? Is it a toxic supply? Is it um, not having safe consumption sites? Is it um, a lack of, of treatment beds? Or is, is that the cumulative uh, answer there? I mean, is there one mm-hmm. thing? I, I don't uh, I tend not to be a, a root cause thinker. I think there's there's so much to this. It's so complex, and it's so many people would like to say there's one solution. 
Um, and I, I think I think there's just a lot that comes around um, to to create this moment. One of the big things that certainly accelerated things is how toxic the drug supply is. But the drug supply is this toxic, you know, for a variety of reasons. One of which is is just the just the overall um, policy direction over over the past you know decade admittedly but but if not further and just just the notion that um you know you know these these drugs are criminalized um you know there's been changes to prescribing practices there's been some mental health concerns but it's it's quite a few different things i do worry a lot about the supply right now though yeah when when you look at the the timeline of you know these numbers that that we're seeing obviously the pandemic has played a role in this uh yeah although it's not the role that people assume it's taken a lot of people would assume it's because of hard lockdowns quote unquote but i mean actually the 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 spikes in 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 drug poisoning deaths don't necessarily correlate with the um the strongest restrictions for example in the second and third waves the that didn't necessarily correlate with with actual poisonings um so i mean it's not just about lockdowns and i think people want to say that's what this is um it's it's about a lot more than that i mean it's the loss of safe spaces so um you know rightfully so we had to do some restrictions during the pandemic as far as physical distancing goes and so on and that included in in you know supervised consumption facilities but um there was really no additional funds for example to expand or adapt those services um and then meanwhile we have health system overwhelm so our ability to respond to a poisoning event um is delayed it's going to be delayed so there's a lot of these things um you know what we have seen actually is is that the the upticks in in um poisoning counts they tend to follow um restricted access to a variety of services such as harm reduction so for example the closure of boyle street earlier this year their 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 scs all of a sudden we saw an uptake in uh, uh an uptick in in um ambulance calls for this and I think that there's a couple of um, safe consumption sites in, in Calgary that are that are closing and, and being moved as well. So there's some concern mm-hmm. in, in Calgary mm-hmm. as well. And, you know, I'm getting a, a number of, of texts coming in. And, and this one says, I've noticed a connection between people dying of overdose and attempts to restrict opioid prescription by doctors. And that forces people to go to the street. How much of a role does that play in this because i also understand that there has to be you know there has to be some rules and regulations too about prescribing opioids and that has changed dramatically over the past 10 20 years Mm -hmm. um but is does that then lead to helping people um wean themselves off and maybe not having the 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 treatment or the access to um you know the health care that they might need to if they if they do get addicted in, in that way to an mm-hmm. opioid to, to 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 recover from that safely. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, you know a lot of people would would like to solve this with with again with this <laughs> single notion yeah. that we're going to solve this through deprescribing um, um, or through the offering of treatment beds or, or so on and. And it's not that simple. And what we do know actually that 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 deprescribing, if it's um, 
rapid or involuntary mm-hmm. um, can actually lead to harm. We, yes. we have there's some good data out there to suggest. I mean that that that's going to cause mental health crises. It's going to cause an, an upswing in um, often fatal poisoning events. Um, so we have to be very, very careful with the conversations around de-prescribing. Yeah. And they should only be done when when, when somebody um, wants it done and in a very gradual fashion. So before I let you go, uh, doctor, I mean, he, we, we've, we've had these conversations and we continue to have these conversations. I think it's important to shine a light on these numbers. The fact that these numbers continue to go up, that we still have an obvious issue a crisis in this province in this country how you know we we can keep talking but is anyone listening i guess that's my question (laughs) you know for the what what needs to be done if that's increased you know consumption sites it's you know maybe decriminalizing Mm -hmm. or looking at that you know where's that conversation going yeah well i mean i can tell you what the conversation is um, in the front line and among people who are living this experience, living this moment, and the conversation is going to create safe spaces so we don't have to use alone. Um, mm. So that does mean expanding access to supervised consumption services and not just virtual but also in person. Um, and it talk and it is about decriminalizing people's bodies and 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 not criminalizing them um, for using drugs. And it also is about a safer supply mm-hmm. so that people don't have to worry about what what the next moment is going to bring and how do we get there i think just i think the public just needs to understand that these are um potentially life-saving measures um and that we have to have a conversation and it begins with those of us who who vote in people who are in a position to change policy and and um and and change the direction of this crisis and we'll have to leave it there i always appreciate your time dr savalaggio thank you so much Yes, thank you. Take care. Dr. Janetta Salvalaggio joining us this afternoon. Uh, Alberta, this province on track to see its deadliest year for opioid deaths ever.